Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. For the first time, Joe Biden is personally addressing sexual assault allegations by his former Senate staffer, Tara Reid. The Democratic candidate is flatly denying it. Hello, everybody. I'm Dana Bash, CNN's chief political correspondent, and this is The Daily DC. I'm in for David Chalian today. Joe Biden unequivocally said that the alleged assault 27 years ago in the halls of the Senate office building never happened. Joining me now to discuss more on Biden's response to this allegation is CNN's own MJ Lee, who has been covering the story for us. Hey, MJ. Hi, Dana. All right. So, MJ, you've been doing this for a while. This is now your wheelhouse, like it or not. So I want you to Tell our listeners what the backstory is. There's been so much news. People might have missed exactly what went on that led to this moment. So the backstory is that there is a woman named Tara Reed who came out earlier this year with this serious allegation against Joe Biden. She worked for him in his Senate office in the early 1990s. And she says that in 1993, She was asked to take a duffel bag to her boss, and somewhere on Capitol Hill, she was up against a wall. He spread open her legs using his knee and assaulted her, uh, put his fingers inside of her. Now, a very important thing to note about her story and what she has said publicly is that last year, you might recall that a number of women came out and said that they had had physical interactions with Joe Biden that made them feel uncomfortable, whether it's, you know, hugs or touching their shoulders, neck, hair, but none of them accused him at the time of sexual assault Reed was in that group. She didn't accuse him of sexual assault last year. So this year, she has come out to say the full story is that I was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. So MJ, you've talked to Tara Reed, and part of what is new in addition to what you just said is that she has more corroborating evidence, people who she told contemporaneously. What exactly has she told you? Right, so... Obviously, when this kind of serious allegation is leveled against anyone, uh, and particularly somebody that is in elected office or seeking elected office like Joe Biden is right now, the corroboration piece of this is so important. And we've spoken with a couple of people who say that they knew something about this alleged assault at the time, whether it's partial or whether it's that they knew even the details. So there is a friend of Tara Reed's who told us, without being named, they they want to remain anonymous, that at the time that this happened, so within days, in 1993, 
Tara Reid called this friend and told her in detail that she had been assaulted by Joe Biden. We also have a former neighbor who told us that within years of the alleged assault, she was also told about this alleged assault. We've also communicated with Tara Reid's brother, who said he knew that there was a gym bag incident around that time, but that he didn't know everything. And Tara herself has said that she didn't share with her brother all of the sort of graphic details. So where do things stand now, MJ? The uh, Biden campaign, Biden himself, I guess now, has said that if there is a file from back in 1993, it would be in the Senate. Uh, He said that the National Archives would have that file now, and he's calling on the Senate to open those archives and look to see if there is any evidence of a complaint in there. How quickly is that process going to work? That's for question number one. And question number two, you know, you and I know because we've done these stories, particularly you, about what happened, you know, way back when, I guess it wasn't that long ago in the Senate, there wasn't a really great process. There was barely any process until just a couple of years ago for women who were assaulted or felt uncomfortable to lodge a complaint. So given that, how likely is it that there's something that's formal out there? I mean, Dana, if we could just take like one step back, because I think this is so important when we talk about National Archives, Documentation, University of Delaware, I think we just need listeners to be reminded of what Tara Reid has said about how she complained and what she complained about. She says that she complained, first of all, verbally to three colleagues in Biden's Senate office at the time, Marianne Baker, Dennis Toner, Ted Kaufman. All three have said on the record, two of them to CNN, uh, the third one we haven't been able to reach yet, but to other outlets as well, that that complaint that Tara Reid is talking about never happened. Importantly, Tara herself has said that she only complained about sexual harassment that she felt she was getting from Joe Biden, not about the alleged assault that we're talking about today. She also says that she went to this personnel office on Capitol Hill, this is the office that you're talking about, and made a more formal complaint. Unclear exactly what the office is. She she has acknowledged that the details are fuzzy. She wasn't quite sure what the name of the office was, at least when we initially spoke. But importantly, she says when she went to this office to complain, that complaint was also just about sexual harassment, not about the alleged assault. So I just think we need to first establish that if such documentation exists, according to Tara Reid herself, At most, it would discuss sexual harassment, but not sexual assault. That's so important. I'm glad that you made that distinction, especially given the fact that now one of the questions is, what about the University of Delaware? And when I say that, what I mean is that the former vice president's Senate papers lie at the University of Delaware. And right now, his campaign has said to you and others that it's going to remain sealed until a couple of years after he leaves public life, as is kind of the norm. So one of the questions that Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC asked the former vice president this morning was about having access to those records as well. Take a listen. 
I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. Nothing classified with you, the president or anybody else. I'm just asking, why not do a search for Tara Reid's name in the University of Delaware records? Look, I mean, who who, who does that search? The University of Delaware. Uh, perhaps you set up a commission that can do it. I don't know. Whatever is the fairest way to create the most transparency. Well, this is, look, Mika. She said she filed a report. She has her employment records still. She said she refiled a report with the only office that would have a report in the United States Senate at the time. If the report was ever filed, it was filed there, period. So the question now, I'm going to shift a little bit from the allegations to the response. And, I, you know, they're kind of all one and the same in this in this vein is what the vice president and his campaign are obviously trying to do with the way that they responded today was deny, flatly deny, no wiggle room, but also be as transparent as possible. And what do you make of the fact that he either wasn't prepared for the University of Delaware question or that they're just not going there? How how sustainable do you think that is? I think given the immense attention that there is about this idea that there could be some kind of written documentation, whether at the National Archives or at the University of Delaware, that could shed some light on Tara Reid and the story that she is telling. Because remember, if there was something that existed out there that showed that Tara Reid had, in fact, lodged a complaint about sexual harassment, No, that wouldn't show that she had complained about sexual assault, which again, she has said she didn't, she didn't make that complaint. She only complained about sexual harassment. But what it would do is establish that a key part of the story that she is telling is true, that she did in fact, in some sort of more official way, complain at the time about sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. So I think fairly so there is this attention on the issue of the documents. I am not sure why the former vice president would not have had an answer ready to go on the question of why not do X, Y, and Z to make sure all of the papers at the University of Delaware are made public or searchable or, you know, take some kind of concrete steps to make sure that the public feels like you have done what it takes to make sure that we know that there isn't something like that possibly at the University of Delaware. Yeah, I mean, he did have one. His answer was there are no personnel-related issues in those archives. Right. But again, it's it's a take-my-word-for-it kind of thing while he's also trying to you know, go, you know, full force on the notion of transparency. And they seem to to conflict it a little bit. But on that notion, and you and I talked a little bit about this on CNN TV on Friday, and that is compared to what, right? And when I say compared to what, maybe I mean compared to whom? And that is the president of the United States and the fact that, you know, he's been accused of sexual assault. His supporters don't seem to, you know, take that, not that they don't take it seriously, but it's not, it's not a deal breaker. And we saw that in 2016. And so how much of this, and it's just, I think this is an unanswerable. One of the things that I'm questioning and all of us are is how much of this is that Democrats 
particularly the Democratic nominee, is held to a different standard because of the way that Democrats held the men in their world and the women in their world uh, who were accused of sexual assault and sexual uh, misconduct to a different standard. It was a zero tolerance policy. I mean, right. Al Franken, Kirsten Gillibrand was exhibit A, and there are other examples. And obviously they have been very hard on Republicans, particularly the president who has, you know, not taken the allegation seriously. So the question is, in this day and age, in this context, given who his opponent is, will he be able to get this behind him without answering the University of Delaware question, for example? I mean, on the comparisons to President Trump, I just think the what about him angle is such a tricky one when the question at hand is something as serious as sexual assault. It's very, very difficult for him. And I think no matter what he had said in this, you know, first on-camera interview on Friday, no matter what I think Joe Biden had said, it's it was just impossible for him to have conducted himself perfectly because it is such a difficult and sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard him say and repeatedly stress it is very important that when a woman comes forward with a serious allegation that they get a fair hearing, that there is a full investigation. Uh, her her voice must be heard. There must be vetting. But at the same time, because this allegation is being leveled against him, not somebody else, of course he is saying, this didn't happen. This is just not true. And I think that balancing act is just inherently uh, difficult. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in the what you were saying about President Trump and the fact that, I mean, CNN has done reporting on this, of course, that more than a dozen women have leveled allegations against the president on everything ranging from unwelcome advances, sexual harassment to sexual assault. It's very, very difficult to point to that and say, well, if there's another guy, a person B, who also has allegations leveled against him, and in fact, many more than the one allegation against me, then surely that the allegations against the other person should be taken more seriously or more time should be spent looking at those allegations. That is just a very, very difficult uh, thing to, I think, publicly argue, even if that sentiment might be based on the reality that it isn't exactly the same. Mm-hmm. What he's being accused of is not the same, of course, as what President Trump has been accused of. So, MJ, before I let you go, you have done so much of our reporting at CNN on these Me Too issues since the beginning of the Me Too movement, but particularly with political figures. Can you just take us behind the curtain a little bit? I mean, this is a really hard assignment. And you're talking to these women who have in many cases, and this one included, uh, really graphic, really specific allegations that they're making. And it's really hard to prove as a reporter. And and these candidates, they are relying on us as journalists. I mean, there's no FBI investigation. There's no, you know, official legal or law enforcement investigation. It's you, no pressure. But, you know, I mean, that's what the former vice president said on more than one occasion in his interview this morning. And he's right. So just real quick, talk about what that's like as a reporter investigating that. It is very, very difficult, and this story is very, very difficult. 
You're right that there is the pressure, as there should be, on reporters and media outlets to play a very important role in vetting these claims, looking for corroboration if there is any, and presenting those facts and presenting it clearly so that viewers and readers are clear on what it is we know, what it is we don't know, and raising sort of the appropriate questions based on what we do know and what we don't know. And I think with this allegation, as is often the case, I think there's just so much we don't know. And I think there are so many people who are in Biden's world, who worked for Joe Biden at the time. And I know, Dana, you talked about this on air, that on Capitol Hill and people who have spent time there know that often lawmakers have a known reputation And what has been striking about the former Biden aides that we have interviewed in this process is that they have been so unequivocal in in sort of the same way that Biden was himself in denying this allegation that, one, he is just not that kind of person, and two, that they never, ever heard about any kind of sexual harassment issue, let alone sexual assault. So we have that. And then on the other side, of course, we have the people, as we've discussed, who have corroborated Tara Reid's story to different extents. So there's this competing, the people who speak about Joe Biden and how they know him, plus obviously Joe Biden's denial himself. And then the Tara Reid allegation and the people who say that she told them about the alleged assault. And I mean, this this really is just the difficulty of reporting on this kind of story that you were saying. It's just sort of impossible to feel like you're ever going to get to a point where there is an answer and a correct answer. And you and you often just don't get there. I think actually most of the time it's it's impossible to establish that unless there is some kind of proof that emerges. And I and I think that is why there's going to be just so much focus on the whole documentation, National Archives, University of Delaware issue going forward. Well, MJ, we're really lucky to have you at CNN to be, you know, on the front lines doing this, to be the one digging, using your giant brain to investigate, uh, but also use the compassion that, you know, those of us who are your friends know that you have. So... Thank you for that. Thank you for explaining. Thank you for taking the time. I know it's an incredibly busy day for you. And a special thanks to our listeners as well. This month, you'll be hearing some new voices as David Chalian will be off focusing on his new assignment, Fatherhood. Remember, we publish a new episode every weeknight, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. While you're there, please consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And if you want to tweet about the podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you Monday. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. 
And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.